Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. We are starting a new series, and it is the masterpiece. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be for four weeks, and I am uh, blessed with the opportunity to speak to you guys this week and be able to preach this message because... um, Our pastors are up in the North County location for the grand opening up there. You guys, that is an incredible thing, and I think we should just give God some praise for opening that up for us. He's allowing us to extend our kingdom reach. There's nothing greater than that that we could ask for as a church. And and to know that he's just given us that opportunity, it's it's fantastic. And great things are going to be done through that. Lives are going to be changed. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, so as I said, the masterpiece is going to be the series for the next four weeks. God had uh, such a great, incredible plan for each and every one of us. And it's cool that he gets to use a picture for that plan. I mean, if we look in Genesis, it starts out as a blank, the world starts out as a blank black canvas. There's nothing there, and then he decides to paint on it, throw some trees in, put some ocean in, put some land in. God loves to paint us a picture, and if you read Genesis, you get to hear about it. Um, We're going to learn about how our lives can paint a better picture, how we can paint a better picture for our lives, and then how we can um, grow to be that masterpiece that God has created us to be. Many people are going to... How many of you have heard that a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Okay. So... If we are God's canvas, if we are God's masterpiece, um, our picture should be telling a thousand words. And what, and what I realized while I was preparing for this is that, man, I don't know if there's a thousand things somebody could say about me, really. But maybe that means that not only myself, but all of us should probably step our game up a little more as Christ's masterpiece. Because if our picture is going to tell a thousand words, there's a bunch of people out there who don't know us, who don't see us, and all they're going to be able to see is the outward things that we do. They're only going to be able to see how God works through us. So what I'm getting at is if we want to speak louder, if we want our picture, our masterpiece to paint a thousand words, we have to get closer to God, and we have to take hold of this and knowing that we are his masterpiece. So those are some things we're going to learn. Um... Many of us in life, I'm sure, have, have gone through those tough days where you get that moment of reflection, where you, um, out of nowhere, something just pops into your head and you're like, I never pictured my life to actually be right here where I'm at right now. It's possible some of you are having that right now. Why am I listening to this guy in a 132 degree theater? Um, but hey... You're here, so stay here. It'll be quick, it'll be fast, and it'll be great. It'll be a great message for you. But many people think that. I've thought that. I've gone through that numerous times. I've wondered, God, why do you have me here? Why am I in this place? I never expected it to look like this. I have no idea how you're going to use me in this. Well, the thing is, he does. And he's going to take yourself out of that place. And he's going to be able to show you, when you start to believe it, that you are his masterpiece, you'll be able to be brought out of that and be shown that he has created you and intended for you to be that masterpiece. And so throughout these next four weeks, it's going to be a time 
where we get to see exactly why he's created us. Some of those things in our life that are going to show you and tell you why we are his masterpiece. And the thing is, don't get me wrong, we are his masterpiece. So if you're out there saying, I am the masterpiece, stop it. <laughs> not biblical, not godly. Um, Ephesians 2.10 is what we're going to come, uh, we're going to use today. And every message following. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. Uh, it's going to be the New Living Translation. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. It's an incredible verse. It's an incredible verse that, that was written by a man who was downright ridiculous to me. This letter was written by Paul. Uh, first off, if you're looking for Ephesians, Ephesians is in the New Testament. I can't believe I forgot this. I practiced this all week. It is the 10th book of the New Testament. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, then Ephesians. That's exactly where it's at. Thank you. <laughs> 10 of 66. I got a long way to go. Um, so Paul is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. And the central message of this letter was to display God's eternal purpose for humanity. And so his eternal... Uh, rewind. His eternal purpose for humanity and how we can live it out. Now see, Paul, if you don't know about Paul, you get to hear like 10 seconds of me talk about him, and it's just outstanding. Paul was a man who persecuted Christians, killed Christians, never went to jail for it. Then he comes to know God, starts doing the work of God, gets thrown in jail, ends up in prison, shackled, bound, with a bunch of crazy people who deserve to be in jail. And he wrote a bunch of these letters, a bunch of letters to these churches that turn out to be roughly, I don't know, probably he wrote about 60, 75% of the New Testament. Just unbelievable, a man in jail who does that. And so he found the time to write those letters, write those books. And what an incredible opportunity for us that thousands of years later, we get to glean from his knowledge. We get to glean from the time that this man spent in jail being persecuted for doing the good works of God. It's a snapshot of what we're going to have to go through sometimes. Some of those times in our lives where life isn't easy, where life is difficult, we're going to go through some hard ones. We may not be bound up in chains, and we might not be, actually, spiritually, we probably are bound up in some chains and going through a really difficult time. But there's amazing things that God can do through us when we're bound up in chains. Because like that song said, spirit break down, break those walls down. Those walls will be crumbling, crumbling down when we put our hope in Jesus, when we put our faith in him. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, we thank you for this wonderful day. Lord, we are so blessed, so blessed to be able to read your scriptures. Uh, and to find out what it is to be, to be your masterpiece, Lord God, to be the canvas that you decided, that you wanted to paint to create the life that you've given us, Lord God. That you are that master artist, Lord God. Lord, I pray today for this word to come and touch some lives, Lord God. I pray that you use the words that come out of my mouth. Let your Holy Spirit just 
spill out of me and spill truth out of me, Lord God. It's going to touch some people's lives today. Lord, I thank you for, for letting us all be here, and I pray that you just do work on people's lives today. And we thank you for North County as well, and we pray for people to come to know you there as well. In your mighty name today, Lord God, amen. Amen. So God uses an analogy that we can all understand, right? Pictures. We get to see. Let's start over here. We'll call this one, I won't call it chaos because I know there's a pretty famous one called chaos. We'll just call it not good. <laughs> not good, chaotic. And then your blank canvas. And then today we're going to call this a masterpiece. So just, if you're looking at as to why these are all up here, there are going to be different things that I go through where I might forget to reference, but you can be like, ah, oh, he's talking about that time in our lives where it's not good or created anew, like Ephesians 2.10 says, where we become that blank canvas. Because I think so many times we miss it. Jesus Christ, it says, it says we are his masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus. So what happened is Christ died on the cross, right? Not good is gone. The burial, things start anew, and then the resurrection is it comes back and it gets redeemed. Those are some of the things that we, get to, that we get to take and put down and remember that we don't have to stay over here the whole time because he did something greater. He, he's created us to be greater, so we just have to take hold of it. Anyway, going back to the analogy, tangents. Um, A great analogy is that we are a masterpiece, right? It tells us we are. And I have kids, so I get to see the artwork that my daughter does. I have two daughters. The youngest one can't draw. She probably could if she really wanted to, but she can't. And the two-year-old, I think, probably believes she can. She's already, like, deserves pieces and galleries. She's the most confident little human I've ever met in my life. Um, but... When you have kids, they make you pictures. They make you little drawings. Sometimes they're not drawings that you want. Um, my daughter likes to find pieces of scrap paper and just take a normal pen and write on it and bring them to me. And she's like, Poppy, Poppy, Poppy. And I'm like, okay. And she just watches me, though. Like, I take it, and she just watches. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like... I'm not going to go put it on the fridge. I already got 32,000 of them on the fridge. I'm going to put it in my pocket and tell you that it's going to stay with me for life, right? Honey, it's not going anywhere. It's going to stay right here. But I probably lied to her too much. <laughs> sometimes we shred them. Sometimes we just throw them away. But that is not, <laughs> that is not what I do with all of them. Like last week. Last Sunday, my daughter ran up to me, and she said, Poppy, look it. Look it, Poppy. And it was, okay, it's one of those uh, coloring papers that already has everything etched out or whatever. She just had to color within the lines and over everything else because she can't stand the light. She's two years old. But she used really cute colors, and it was really nice. So that one, I'm not going to put in the shredder. I'm not going to put in the trash can. That one will go on the refrigerator. Okay? This, 
is sometimes how we see ourselves. But that's never how God sees us. God intended for us to always be up on that refrigerator. He intended for us to always know that that's where we belong. And we can stop at a refrigerator. We can go to a gallery. We can go to the Louvre. We're going to use the Louvre a lot here. It's going to be fun. We go to the Louvre. That's where you go. Because that's where all masterpieces go. If you're really good, that's where you go. How many people here have been to the Louvre? Seven of you. Mm-hmm. It's a place that takes a lot to get into. But it's good work to get into. It's knowing that you're his handiwork, his masterpiece. And then you get to go to the Louvre. And he intends for us to all go there. We're going to do something fun. That little kid yelled, and I loved it, because now I'm going to have you guys yell a little bit. I need everybody to say, I am. Okay. Second time, we're going to say it louder, and then you're going to have something else. Ready? I am. I am. A masterpiece. A masterpiece. Okay, we're going to say the beginning part louder, the second part softer. I am. I am. A masterpiece. A masterpiece. Because you know at the Louvre and at museums and galleries like that, you're the person who stands up and you say something loud. And the 900 other people in there are the ones who turn their head and they just look at you because you're not supposed to talk loudly in those places. And so your next sentence is just a little whisper. Just want to get you guys involved. It was fun when I wrote it down. So much fun. The definition of a masterpiece is this. A masterpiece, workmanship. It's a thing of his making, his handiwork. The quality imparted to a thing in the process of making an object of exquisite workmanship. If you were to go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it says this. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. This is the spiritual creation. We are saved by his grace. This is what leads into part 10, how we are his masterpiece. This is the spiritual part of the creation that that salvation is for us. The quality imparted to us, the things that he has given us, the things that make us set apart. Those things that make us not ordinary, but extraordinary. Those things that put us in the Louvre and not just on a refrigerator. Those are the things that God has imparted to us. As humanity, this is what God intended us to be. His masterpiece, his workmanship, what he spent time creating, what he spent time working towards making his own. And what we're supposed to do with it is we're supposed to reflect his glory. Through us, his glory is shown. That's why we're a masterpiece. That's why we're a picture, because when people see us, they see God through us. How can our lives paint a better picture? How can we begin to believe that we are actually that masterpiece and never question ourselves saying, wow, this is not where I ever thought I would be. 
How do you look at yourself that way and believe it and never have to go back to the place that says, man, I never thought my life was going to be here. This isn't where I planned on ending up. Well, the first point that I have for you is you are God's masterpiece. Hopefully we can get there through this. Every stroke of the brush, every single stroke of the brush that your life has given you, that has been put on this painting, every little one has helped you become his masterpiece. And I know, I know that's hard to believe for a lot of people. It is tough to believe that everything you've gone through is not going to just stay here. That everything you've had to deal with isn't just going to stay here because there's people who've gone through a lot. There's people who've been raised without fathers, without mothers, without parents. People who've had friends or loved ones die. Things that we don't expect to go through. Divorce. The loss of a child. Things that you're never prepared for. But all those brush strokes are a part of the masterpiece that God is using. And this is the thing. God did not create that. He did not make your father leave. He did not make that person die. There are things that contributed to that. That is not what he did. But what God does do with that situation and what happens after that is he redeems that situation. He creates that situation and makes it something good that can glorify him, where we can look back and say, you know what, that scar in my life, that pain that I felt, I don't have to deal with that pain anymore. I don't have to deal with not good anymore. I may have a scar, but that scar now isn't painful. That scar represents something. That scar says, this is a reminder that I went through something bad, but I don't have pain from it anymore. God has healed it, and I can use this to show somebody else what is happening in my life and what can contribute to their lives to help them get them out of not good. Bring them to this, where I'm new. I don't have to stay there. And then further them down the road here. Thank you. That was fantastic. Um, <laughs> we, um... We had a performance painted. That's actually where this came from. I think it was two years ago, maybe Easter. Let's pretend it was. I'm not lying to you. Two years ago, Easter, we had a performance painter. And it's so, um, it's so fun to watch them because you have no idea what's happening. And have you all seen performance painters? Watched it on YouTube, something of that nature? Seen it in real life? Okay. So they take the blank canvas and they start throwing paint on. They do some weird things over here, over there. And of course, they have it all planned out. God is a lot like those performance painters. God has a lot of plans, and he has a lot of different brush strokes. But all we see from the seat that we sit in is we see this. We see not good chaos. We see things that are going on because we feel that pain. We feel those, those things tearing inside of us because we don't take the time to look at it from God's vantage point. Because what God sees is when you throw all these weird different things on here, but then you flip it around, you have something that's spectacular. You have something that's great. You have something 
that he intended for his use. It, it blows my mind the times that I have allowed my life, allowed myself to question why I was even his creation, why I was his masterpiece. Because it's so easy just to stare at the hard things. It's so easy to look at something like that and be like, what is going on there? But when you see the thing that's pretty, when you see the thing that's nice, sometimes that doesn't catch your eye. Because like when you drive down a freeway and you see like four cars smashed up, that's where your eyes go to. You don't look at the clean highway in front of you. You look at all the garbage on the side. And sometimes that's what's happened. And that's what I did in my life so many times. As I allowed my life to become an obstacle for my masterpiece. For the masterpiece that he created. I let years go by where I decided to dwell in the garbage that was my life from what I created though. Because sometimes we decide to pick up the brush. Because sometimes we really enjoy the control. Because sometimes when it starts out looking like this, it's a lot of fun. But then when too much chaos becomes a part of it, it's no longer any good and you get lost and you can't find your way back to God for a long time. My second point, the second point that I have for you is you are God's. You are His. We know we are His masterpiece. And then we have to realize that we are His. We are His creation. He created each and every one of us for his purpose, for his plans. Not for our purpose, not for our plans. He created us with intentionality. He has things set out for us to do. But until we realize that we belong to him, until we realize that we don't belong to this world and the things this world expects of us, but we belong to him, we're not gonna get those things accomplished. If you read Psalm 139, 13 to 16, and you've been struggling with knowing that you are God's and knowing that he created you, read this. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. The hardest thing for us to accept is that we are God's. I've, I've told people my story a few different times, but I spent five different years having no clue where I was with God. I lived in LA, I lived by myself, and I had battled against different things, what I should do. I was a believer. I knew who God was, and I knew that he wanted to do things with my life. But I allowed myself to get caught up in the world. I took my eyes off of him. I took my eyes off knowing that I was his creation, that I was his masterpiece. And I started to paint my own picture. So I spent five years of my life not reaching out, doing what he had asked of me. I spent five years in a one-bedroom apartment 
laying in bed, staring at TV, not eating right, watching stupid stuff on TV. Five years. That's what I lost. But the thing is, we can look at it that way. I can say that's what I lost, but, but to me, What I did is I took something away from what God had planned for me. What I decided to create was nothing like what he had for me. And so I took things away from what he had planned on me doing. Because the thing is, he creates us with a plan. He creates us. It tells us that he knows everything we're going to do. But sometimes those things he's created us for, we don't step out and we don't do. And he is such an incredible God that he's going to get the job done. So if he can't use you, he's going to use somebody else to fulfill that. And it's going to be a, a short period of time until you realize, wow, there was something I was supposed to do there. There was somebody's life that I was supposed to be able to touch because he created me specifically for certain things to do. Because there's people you can talk to, you can talk to, you can talk to, that I can't talk to, who aren't going to hear me, who aren't going to listen to me, who aren't going to receive to me. But you are special in what he's created. You are his masterpiece. You are what he wants to use. He doesn't, he's going to help redeem you and take you out of this. You're going to find your way back to a blank canvas. And you're going to be able to live life eventually here when you realize that you are his, when you realize that all control is his, when you're willing to sacrifice and you're willing to submit to God as your father, as your creator, as the handyman who, who draws you, who says that you're my masterpiece. I'm going to close. This is been a uh, fun time up here right now because I got these paintings up here and I can't paint. I didn't touch either of these. They didn't even let me paint the ugly one. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but they didn't. Every master painter can go and buy a brush. Even I can go buy a brush. I can buy an easel. I can buy some paint. I can buy a smock because everybody needs a smock. And it's a fun word to say so you don't get dirty. But you're always going to need a canvas. See, the thing is, we need a backdrop. There's nothing you can paint on the brush, the paint, all of that. It is nothing unless you have this. And when we realize that we are God's masterpiece, we relinquish the brush, the paint, the smock, the easel, even the idea of what's supposed to go on here. And we let him do his work. We give him the control. We no longer have to mess up all the plans he had for us. We no longer have to make those mistakes and then dwell in the past about them and say, my gosh, am I a masterpiece? Because he never wanted you to question that. His intention is that you always will know that that's what you are. When you are a masterpiece, 
when we know that we are his masterpiece, not our own, when we give it to God, what is seen through that masterpiece is him. Not even a shred of us. Not even a shred of us. You can go. Um, his glory, his glory is so amazing. And you guys, we are what he has created. Have you ever wondered, <laughs> have you ever wondered why when you go to a museum, when you go to the Louvre, we're going to go back there, love it. It's good for me. You go to the Louvre, and you walk in, and all the paintings are just a little bit above your height, uh, above your sight. They're not right in front of you, they're just right up here. When you go to a gallery, they're right up here. They're not right here where they should be, they're right here. And when you go to a place like the Louvre, there's always a line, it's because you look up at it. Because there's a line, there's something attractive about what's going on over there. About that masterpiece, it's set on its own. It's set apart from all the rest. Yes, there's 8,000 different masterpieces in the Louvre, but they're all set apart so they can be looked at. You guys, if that's us, if we're in the Louvre, if that's where we're supposed to be, people are looking at us and seeing his glory, seeing his beauty, seeing the things that he wants out of each and every one of us. Um, I had something really funny, and I'm going to go with it. We're going back to the Louvre. So we're here now, and we know that we're a masterpiece. And in the Louvre, we have a bunch of Van Goghs. We have a bunch of Rembrandts. We have Renoir. We have Peter. Because there had to be a painter who's got something in their name, Peter. Okay? We go there, and we see all those things. And these people, these people who created these masterpieces that the world sees as masterpieces that people line up and go and see, where they go and they stare at it, and they look up to it, when they finished creating that masterpiece, what do you envision that they did? What I envision is them sitting back. If it was a dude, I see him smoking a cigar. If it was a lady, I see her doing her nails and just staring at it saying, wow, that is good. That is great. You guys, what do you think God does every time he looks at us? every time we are fulfilling the good plans that he has laid out for us. He's not doing his nails nor smoking, but he is rejoicing in who we are. He was rejoicing in his creation. If you read Isaiah 61.10, it says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. This is the picture that God uses to describe you, his masterpiece. This is the picture he uses to describe you. When you look at yourself and you say, I'm not good enough, I'm ugly, I'm garbage, I'm trash, you clearly are not because your God looks at you with adoration. Your God looks at you and sees beauty. 
Your God looks at you and says, man, I created a great masterpiece. It's attractive to him. You are attractive to him like a bride is attracted to her groom on the wedding day. They use that analogy there in Isaiah. You are attractive to God. So please, do not leave this place not knowing that you are his masterpiece. Not knowing that he has great things for you. And once again, like that song said, spirit break down, break those walls down. For you to see yourself as a masterpiece, you're going to have to get through some walls. But that's why our God is so powerful. That's why we were given the Holy Spirit. There's things that we get to break down when we use God. There's things that we get to push through and fight through when we have Him. And why do you think that heaven is filled with so many masterpieces? Heaven's even better than the Louvre. Heaven is where everybody who was set apart goes. And we have people here who are set apart. Those are the people who get to help you as well break through those walls. Get through those trials. Get through those times where you don't think you're going to overcome. Get through those things that you feel are unredeemable. Because he is your God and he redeems each and every one of them and uses them for the glory of his good. So know that you are his masterpiece and know that you belong to God today. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you that you use pictures to tell a story. Lord God, that you've used pictures to paint our life. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.